Welcome to Let's Talk Parish. Let's Talk Parish will be an opportunity to learn about some of the people that call the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament in Sacramento, California, home. My name is Chris, and I'll be the host for today's episode. Thanks for listening, and let's get started. Good morning, Maria. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing today? Doing great. It's kind of early. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's kind of chilly and dark outside, but the sun, did. The, now, when, when you were driving in, did the sun get in your eyes? Yes, sir. It was quite hectic coming to downtown because of the sun eating yeah, me. Yeah, the sun is really out there. But God is good. So I'm looking forward to speaking, you know, chatting with you. Um, I know you, but I didn't I didn't realize that was your name. So uh, when Titi says to me, Maria, Maria uh, Rosario, I'm like, who is that? You know, but I know you, so it's yes. really funny, right? I'm yes. like, I'm going to meet a new person. Like, well, not really, but I don't know you very at all, really. Yes. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to this this next uh, hour or so, um, chatting and exploring our journeys of faith. Um, Thank you, Chris, for the opportunity. Oh, you're very this welcome. Morning. Thank you for being willing to be on Let's Talk Parish. So, um, to start off. Um, would you please uh, ask the Lord's blessing on our time together? And I understand you have something. You want me to do that? Oh, I can do that. And then you're going to read something from the Holy Mother. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay, super. So let's go ahead and, and get started. In the name of the Father, the, the Son, Son, and the Holy and Spirit. The Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, we ask you to bless our time together, that you surround us with your Spirit, that what we say is enlightened by your heart, that we say things that are true, and that we share things that are meaningful for others. And we ask this in uh, the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now you want to read something about the Blessed Mother? Great. To my Blessed Mother, O my Queen, O my Mother, I give myself entirely to you and to show myself devoted to you. I consecrate to you this day my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my heart, my whole being without reserve. Wherefore, good Mother, as I am yours, preserve me, defend me as your property and possession. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Thank you. You know, when I um, when I first uh, started coming to the Catholic Church, um, I was raised Protestant, and we really didn't have a devotion to the Blessed Mother at all. And so that was it was new for me, and I and I. I developed one um, in my whole process through RCIA and all that. So I really appreciate um, that type of a prayer. Thank you. The Holy Mother watches over. And, and we've got the Holy Mother, yes, Our Lady of Guadalupe, watching over us right now. We're in the dining room of the rectory. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, um, Were you? are you a cradle Catholic? I wouldn't say cradle, but I've been very devoted to my faith. Well, and. How old were you when you were baptized? 
I believe I was a baby. <laughs> and that's what my mother shared with me, and the picture showed. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, that would be a cradle Catholic then. I would say so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, were you raised here in Sacramento? Um, n- no, sir. I, I was actually born and raised in the Philippines. Oh, okay. In a small town called Marikina, but it's a city now. It's a big city now, and it's grown since I left uh, my born country, my birth country. Um, and I studied elementary grades, high school in that town, and went to college in Manila before I migrated to the United States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a year later, that was when I was 20 years old, and a year later I became an American citizen oh, nice. of the United States. Right on. Um, so when you were growing up, was there a, um, a Catholic church in your, in your village or town? Uh, definitely, yes. You know how um, the Philippines is. We were under um, Spaniards for so many years, mm-hmm. and they were the one who brought Catholic uh, to the Philippines. Mm-hmm. So I would say majority of the people living in, in the Philippines I would say are Catholic. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and since birth, my mother already shared um, with us her faith, and that's why I think my mother did a lot of work in molding me as Catholic. Mm. Do you have uh, any strong memories of when you were a child and and um and the church at all? Um, I like your question, Chris, because it brings a lot of memories about my mother. Um, when I was growing up, my mother used to attend a um, mass in Baclaran, Baclaran, where a redemptorist church is located at. And it's a very popular church in the Philippines. And my mother's devotion to our Blessed Mother um, Made her a prom- um, she made a promise to attend mass every Wednesday morning, mm. and that's her devotion to our mother of perpetual help. And we didn't have a private car there growing up; we relied on uh, public transportation. So in order for us to get there in, in time for mass, we need to wake up early morning at about four or five a.m. Oh my gosh. Yes, and it's a it's a short commute, I would say, but with traffic and uh, commuting publicly, we have to have an allotted two hours to reach the place. Oh my gosh! Yes, it's a challenge, but my mother showed me um, that giving time to God or putting God in the center of your lives. It's the most important thing that I remember in my life mm-hmm. that carried me over through growing as a mother, or I would say as a teenager, and then I became a mother, and now as a full-grown adult, (laughs) ready for retirement. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, it's those efforts that we make that are, we have to force ourselves to do sometimes, getting up at 4 a.m., having to go two hours, um, those help to discipline us, right? So that um, we don't fall into just laziness and 
Um, you know, I was sharing with someone that part of being a disciple is discipline. And it's that doing yes. that all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's part of the, the Christian path is, is a type of struggle. Yes. You know, yes. to, do, to, to make ourselves do things we don't always want to do. Yeah, definitely. Right? Isn't that true? Yes. Um, so, you know, you said Our Lady of Perpetual Help, and that's one of my favorite yes. images of Our Lady. You know, I, I, uh, I think of, uh, I've got it at home, and just seeing, you know, the, the infant Jesus with his sandal hanging off, yes. you know, that something had scared him, and so he ran to his mother and jumped in her arms. Definitely. And, um, uh, it's just, to me, it's just a beautiful image of, uh, and I was thinking about that, it's coming down here, um, how that our blessed mother is, is uh, she's just so caring for her children. Um, and we, God provided that for us, you know, uh, this image of, of a mother um, in Mary that is just, to me, it's priceless. And um, so when I remember when, when my mom passed, yes. that all of a sudden I'm like, Mary became my mother in a lot of ways, you know, so that's, that's very dear to my heart. That's a beautiful story. Oh, I'm happy to hear that, um, Chris, because I'm, you know, I don't know you very well, but thank you for sharing. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So when you were growing up, were there things that you, I mean, um, were there things that you could do in the church? I don't know, did they they have uh, girl altar servers at the time Um. or... You know, did you have like a like a youth group that you participated mm-hmm. in? Mm. Um, it was a um, that's a very challenging question, Chris, because our house is actually next to a Baptist church. Oh, no kidding! Yes, but to, for us to be able to go to a Catholic church, we have to commute and take public transportation. Mm-hmm. So to make it short, to shorten the story, I would be able to go to a Baptist church in quick seconds rather than going to Catholic church. So mm-hmm. every Sunday morning, I was invited to attend Sunday school. At the Baptist church? At the Baptist church, oh, wow. which which um, became a part of my childhood. But I did not neglect to go to a Catholic church in mm-hmm. the evening or in the afternoon Sunday. But it seemed like it was a mix of two religion or denomination, I would say. Mm -hmm, Sure. But it didn't, you know, divide my attention. It was still there. Like what I said, my mother was throughout with me, and it helped me both sides, from Baptist and from Catholic. Mm -hmm. But serving um, our church uh, during that time, I did not uh, remember any particular activity that I um, did mm-hmm. with the Catholic Church. Um, I think number one reason behind that is the transportation so issue. two hours away. Yes, but um, going to the church next to our house, which mm-hmm. is just a fence that divided the two, mm-hmm. it was a lot easier for me. That's beautiful. Yes, sir, but to be honest... I, I still continue to be Catholic. Well, of course. After that, of, yeah. You know, but God is God. And, you know, Baptists are baptized in the name of the Father, yes. Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, they are very much a part of our baptismal uh, brotherhood and sisterhood family. 
Um, and I, you know, it's, it's those types of opportunities that would give us a perspective on what other versions of Christianity are like. Yes. You know, and, um, you know, I was a Baptist for many years. Yes. Yeah. Oh, is that, that right? Yeah, so um, the episode before this one, I tell my story a little bit, and so you'd, you'll learn about I was Baptist for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just see that as a, as a, um, as an addition, a special addition to how you perceive your Excellent. faith and, and, and a willingness to uh, appreciate other people's faith also. And I believe that's how I um, handle my life. I'm very open to a lot of things, different type of people, um, and also, of course, different um, type of religion. Um, I never put in my mind that if you're not Catholic, that you should be de- treated differently than mm-hmm. a Catholic person. Mm-hmm. And I'm so um, blessed to have that type of perspective in my life since I was growing. And being a Philip, I mean, born and raised in the Philippines. We uh, encar- we encountered a lot of hardship, mm. challenges, and mm-hmm. trials mm-hmm. growing up. But I would say, with the help of my mom's faith, it was just beautiful life. I would say. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. When you went to school, uh, what did you? Uh, what did you? Uh, when like when you went to college and everything, what did you study? What did you get your degree? Oh, in? Um, I went to a university, and the name is Polith. Technic University of the Philippines. Oh, okay. And it's um, university university known for business type like accounting, economics, okay. that kind of field. Mm-hmm. And um, I took um, Bachelor of Science in Applied Economics. Okay. Which unfor- unfortunately I wasn't able to apply it after I moved to Guam. Oh, you went to Guam? Yes, sir. That's where I became an American citizen. How many years were you in Guam? I was there for eight years. For eight years. And why did you leave the Philippines? Um, When did I leave the Philippines? why? Oh, why? Okay. So my mother, or my sister, actually started it. She married an American citizen. And when she was uh, petitioned by her husband, or I would say fiancé, she moved to Guam. And then after a few years, she was able to petition my mom then my mom petitioned the remaining children, remaining children. or I would say single ki- children. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's I was 20 years old when I moved from the Philippines to Guam. I spent my life there working until uh, two years later I met my husband. In Guam? In Guam. In Guam, okay. And my husband, has, we've been married about 37 years now. Well, congratulations. Yes, sir. It was a, a beautiful life, I would say. Moving to Guam uh, opened a lot of opportunities and mm. as far as jobs, money, a life, you know, exciting life because mm-hmm. I became a travel agent for an oldest, with the oldest company there in Guam. Oh, wow. And I, it opened a lot of um, uh, opportunities to travel, to learn different culture. And not only that, being an American citizen, I would say, you know, 
gave me a lot of blessings. Amen. Did was there a, was there a Catholic church close to where you lived? Yes, in sir. Yes, Saint Anthony. Ah, and yes. you, you were active there. Yes, very active. And and then when my husband, when I married my husband, we moved to a military base. Okay. Then I started my um, volunteer work as a Catholic. I mean, I'm sorry, as a catechist. As a catechist. Yes, sir. I was a um, Holy Communion teacher. Oh wow! Yes, For, with the kids. Yes, sir. That's and, awesome. And then and you don't have to call me, sir. Okay, I mean, <laughs> sorry, Chris. That's okay. I think military <laughs> taught me how to say yes, sir. <laughs> and um, that's when my life started. Yeah. So was your husband in the military then? Yes. Um, we were 22 years old when we met, and then two years later we decided. You know, he proposed, and we. Decided to get married and start uh, life together. Uh, then after that, we were um, stationed in California. Mm. We have two children at that time. And then we had another one after. So that's the reason you came from Guam to California. Yes. Because he got relocated. Yes. And was he re- relocated to Sacramento? Uh, we moved to Vallejo. She, Vallejo. Uh, my husband was stationed at Mir Island at that okay, time. sure. And we had two kids, and then another baby boy came um, five years later. Mm. Born uh, at UC, no, I'm sorry, born at Davis. Oh, uh, the yes. No, it's a Davis, uh, I forgot the name, uh, the military hospital in. Oh. The, in Vallejo? No, in uh, Fairfield. Oh, in Fairfield. Yes. Davis Grant. There you I go. See. David okay. Grant Medical Center. And after a few years, uh, we were given a chance to move to Hawaii. Wow. Then we stayed there for three and a half years. I continued my faith there, and I became a liturgical coordinator hmm. for the... Um, uh, church on base, mm-hmm. and then after three years, we moved to uh, Japan. And in Japan, I continued serving as, of course, as a catechist again. While my husband was mostly away from us, mm-hmm. six months, you know, deployment. Wow, it gave me a lot of time with my children to raise them, mm-hmm. and. Um, Made sure that they um, they had time to attend mass every Sunday, while when I while while I was teaching catechists, they were going to their uh, individual classes mm-hmm. or respective classes and mm-hmm. learning. You know, that's great. So it was a joint journey while my husband was serving our country mm-hmm. as in the military, right. U.S. Navy. N- Navy. He was yes. In Navy. Yes, and then from Japan. We moved to Spain, and when we were there, um, it was a beautiful um, experience to see beautiful churches oh, all yeah. over Europe. And then also, uh, I became active in a church, in school, helping my you know my children while they're going to uh, American School of Madrid. And at the same time, I was given an opportunity to serve the military families. I prepared their income tax. I helped them. Because of your education, you had that, you know. Yes. Um, I would say because of the um, um, 
the commanding officer approached me. Okay. And she asked me a question. Are you willing to help the military families um, with their income tax return? Are you willing to go to a uh, seminar or, uh, you know, to be able to learn? Yeah, a, a training. A training. And I said to, uh, I asked her a question. Is that all right if you, you know, are you going to pay for everything? And she said, yes. Okay. Right Military on. will take care of all the expenses, but you'll be um, serving. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I did it for about four months. Did she know about your education? Did she know um, that you had? I believe it's because of my husband. Uh, Actually, my husband was her right hand. I see. Kind of assistant. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I think it's the connection. Okay. Well, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes God works that way. Definitely. Right? And, st- um, and then I became more active. Um, it's an, the only English-speaking church in Madrid, Our oh. Lady of Mercy. And every place where we went or we were stationed at, for some reason, we always got connected with a p- local priest. Nice. Everywhere when we were uh, in Hawaii, Father James Boyd actually did a very important part of our lives, our lives, and he encouraged us to get married in a Catholic church. So you weren't married in a Catholic church? No, it's oh, crazy. Now, was your I, husband Catholic? Yes, we were both Catholic. I mean, we are both Catholic, but for some reason, due to military assignments and thing, you know, moving around, uh-huh. we didn't even think of getting married in a church. We just got married in Reno for a quick, you okay, know. Okay, sure, of course. However, God is always there with us. The minute we moved to Hawaii, Father James Boyd said, Oh, Maria, you won't be able to become a liturgical coordinator. You didn't get married at church, in church. And I said to Father Boyd, yes, Father, and I'm so sorry not to tell you that right away. But he said, don't worry, Maria, we will take care of your wedding. Excellent. Simple wedding, Chris. We only spent maybe $100. There you go. Father James Boyd arranged everything for us. And it was a very simple wedding. But that time, it was very meaningful sure. because we have... Three children at that moment, at that time. We got right, and that's the, actually, that's the right of matrimony, which is a big deal, right? So that's cool. Yeah, it's very touchy how God really molded our lives together He's as a couple. Care of you. Yes, yeah. and that's why so, I always thank Him. So you were, so from Spain, where did you go? Oh, after Spain, we actually, uh, He actually retired okay. after serving 26 and a half years. Mm. And I believe that was the time that God said, okay. It's time for you to move back wherever you're going. And what I prayed every morning when I do my morning you know, prayers, mm-hmm. I ask God, please bring us to a community where we can be involved, you know, with church, helping other people. Mm-hmm. And this time we would like to give back to the community because of all the blessings we have received throughout the years. And at that moment, our intention was to go back to Vallejo, where we have our, had our old house there. You still had a house there? Uh, we actually, our, our intention was to kind of, you know, uh, renovate it because it was rented for 10 years okay. while we were but gone. Still, you still owned it, but you were having it, renting it out to people. That time, when, when we were in the military, yes. You okay? Yes. <laughs> However, I was in tears. <laughs> Aww. But I think God's plan was to move out out of Vallejo. I see. Uh-huh. In two days, it was sold. 
Wow, that's Somebody fast. wanted to buy a house in our neighborhood. That's fast. And no clue where we were going. No jobs. <laughs> we had the money that we got from the house, but we didn't know where to go. Yeah. And my, I had a sister-in-law. She passed away uh, 12 years ago. She invited us to stay in their house for about three months. And where was that? In Union City. Union City. And that time, I was asking God, what is the answer to my question? Mm-hmm. Where are we going? We checked every city, and the houses are quite you know, pricey at that much time, 2004. Okay. And then finally, Sacramento was the answer. Obviously. My son was accepted at University um, Sacramento State. Okay. No clue. We brought him for an open house. We opened to the couple next, sitting next to us and said, why don't you look for a house here in Sacramento? And maybe this is a place where you go, uh, boom. And you found a place. We found a place. Uh, three months later, we moved to Natomas. Okay. And we've been living in Natomas since 2005. Since 2005. And yes, sir. And then until now. Wow. And... That's the answer to my prayer. God said Sacramento. Sacramento. And, and I never regretted moving to Sacramento. I, I love Sacramento personally. I, I've, yes. been since, I've been here since 78. So wow. Were you born here? No, I was born in Salinas. You're going to have to listen to my episode. Okay. You'll find out where, Salinas. You know, okay. Bit of my story. <laughs> That's a big, long travel to Sacramento. I only was there for a year. My I was born there, and by one years old, I moved. We moved. The family moved. Okay. But anyway, um, so wow. So now you're in Natomas, and what brought you to uh, the cathedral? Okay, that's another um, quite interesting story. I'll bet. When we moved here, we didn't have a clue, whatever, about Sacramento. So my the realtor who assisted us in buying the house, um, he suggested to go to Saint Philemon Church. Okay. So because he said that's the closest church to, to Thomas, right? Uh-huh. So I said, okay, we'll go there. So we started attending Sunday Mass at 5 p.m. And then we finally discovered St. Joseph when my uh, son started middle school there, our youngest boy. I see. So we moved to St. Joseph. Then after my son graduated and uh, he moved to Christian Brothers, we discovered uh, Divine Mercy, which... Oh. The closest to my our house, right? Five minutes drive, but at that time they didn't have a church yet, so they just had masses in a gymnasium, mm-hmm. one of the schools in the Thomas. Mm-hmm. So we started going there, but I think you know God is always leading you to a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, one lady approached me and said, "Have you been to uh, the cathedral here in our town, in our city?" And I said, "Where? In downtown." It was under renovation, I believe, for so many years. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many years. But then she said, why don't you visit? It's open now. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I said, okay, we'll go to uh, the Blessed Sacrament this coming Sunday. The, I was just fell in love with the church. You know how beautiful our church is. Exactly. But the thing that made me stay here was Sister Jenny. Ah. <laughs> the minute I saw Sister Jenny, I said hello to her. You know, we're very close to nuns. Mm-hmm. It's in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. We have sisters. So, and she gave me that big smile and asked me a question directly, right away. Do you teach? I don't know why she asked me that question. Amazing. I didn't even know her from, you know. Yeah, she didn't know you. For some reason, she had that 
probably yeah. something in there. Do you teach? And I said, yes, I did teach, you know, wherever we came, where we, uh, we were stationed at. Mm-hmm. But at this moment, I'm not you teaching. You weren't teaching any period. I am not committed to any um, teaching. And, and I said, this is actually my first uh, mass here at the Blessed Sacrament. And she said, you need to talk to me. I need to get your phone number. Oh, that's too funny. That sounds just like her. Yeah, that was Sister Jenny. All and right. that was Sister Jenny's um, motivation and invitation for me to be here. That's why I'm here now and because then you of her. To the cathedral. Yes, Christian. Uh, it was very. Um, it's like it fulfilled my another part of my prayer. You know, mm-hmm. my request to God were to bring us. So when I started coming to the Blessed Sacrament, I uh, actually got invited to go to back to. Uh, divine mercy mm-hmm. so my husband said we'll go to t- two churches we'll try to mm-hmm. but then i said to my husband no we need to start going to one church we can go to divine mercy maybe daily masses but we need to focus on my church and be able to serve and the kids you know our right. children will be able to make that as a home church so my husband started to become an usher Hmm. My son, my oldest son, became a lector. And then my two boys, you know, just ushering here and there. And then they explored to different ministry. Mm-hmm. Now they're involved with um, St. Vincent de Paul walking nice. every Wednesday night to serve or to feed um, or bring cook home-cooked meals. Mm-hmm. That our family prepare every Wednesday night. To the people that are living here. Yes, over. with Adrian yeah. and Elvie mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. other um, members of the fa- uh, members of the um, ministry. Mm-hmm. So that kind of extended our um, uh, ser- you know, our service to the cathedral. And I became a catechist, of course, through the invitation of Sister Jenny. And then became a Eucharistic minister. And then now I'm involved with ACTS. Okay. And mm-hmm. then I'm involved with the Pastoral Council. And then I um, actually volunteered to be a part of the Stewardship Advisors nice. with Maria Balakshin. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it seems like it's this is it. And we're hoping to bring our grandkids here. Actually, one, you know, our first grandchild was baptized here mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. Eventually. So, eventually, yeah. yes. And then, What age group do you teach in? in uh, first Holy Communion ever since. They are very dear to my heart. Uh-huh. And I love the age yeah. <laughs> of third graders. Yeah. yeah, they're so special to me. And, and when I started teaching, I told Sister Jenny that's the uh, age group I want to teach. That's the age group. But she okay. said, I already have a teacher for that. But uh, let's see what happens. So mm-hmm. uh, a year later, uh, the teacher, um, Rosa Mata, left, mm. moved to Southern California. Mm-hmm. And Sister Jenny said, okay, it's your turn it's now. Your turn. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's awesome. So what... what um what mass do you attend on Sundays? The 8 a.m. Um, or the 10 a.m.? We actually started the uh, 5 p.m. mass for our uh, family to attend. Right, now that was before COVID. <laughs> that was before COVID. And then um, after during COVID, we started going to the earlier mass, which is the 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. 
And then now I move to 4 p.m. because I think they need. That's why we want to delete mass because not a lot of people serving. This is true. Yes. So um, Ruben approached me if I, you know, our family would be able to serve us greeters. Mm -hmm. Yes. So. So now we're attending four, but sometimes we go to 10 a.m. Sometimes. Yes, because sometimes we want to see the crowd, you know, the activities going right, on here. Right. We yeah. kind of miss that if you go to a later mass. Right. And right now we've got the choir. Yeah, the choir. So the oh, the love the choir. It's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Um, so do you have any uh, special, well, I know you've got a devotion to Our Lady. Um, do you have any other special devotions that you do? Um Wow, I love your questions, Chris. <laughs> um, to be honest, I've been involved with a devotion called 2000 Hail Mary. Wow. It's, it's quite interesting, right? 2000? How do you pray 2000? It's just a cha- it's a very challenging question. People say, "Really? How do you do that, Maria?" We Is it start- like 2000 in a month or 2000 every day? In one day. In one day? Yes, Chris, and you won't believe this. We've been doing this since 27 no, 2007, sorry. So about 14 years now. How many people? It's it's quite um it's there's no definite number. However, uh-huh. we invite families to come. I so see. To be able to come to 2,000 Hail Marys, we have 20 petitions, uh-huh. all right? So for every petition, we have 100 Hail Marys, that just, each and family. You, and they add up. They add 2, up. 000. So 10, 20 times is 100 is 2,000. There you go. And the good thing about this devotion, we start at 5 a.m. and okay. we continue praying different families Until throughout the day. Oh, throughout the day. And then we have a Mass in between. And then we write petitions to our Blessed Mother. Mm-hmm. That's why she's very special to me. And all our petitions are written. And then we burn them at the end of the devotion. Mm-hmm. And we li- release everything. Oh, my All the trials, tribulations, joys, problems, anything that we offer it to our Blessed Mother. Uh, for her holy intention, intercessions. And how are many times? Written. How many times do you get together? And uh, we do, do that? that once a month. Do it once a month. And it's been a tremendous success in spite of COVID. Uh huh. I ask myself, how are we going to be able to manage to continue this if we can even see each other? Right. And the message came in Zoom. <laughs> Zoom, uh, Z O O M, right? right? That's the trend now. Which, we, which almost everybody is aware of now because Zoom was a big deal during the lockdown phase. And it helped. It helped us a lot because we come from different places. Sure. And we gather in one house. Makes it easier, actually. And it that's correct. It makes easier. It invites more people to join and be able to pray. Mm-hmm. And if you tell them what time do they want to pray, we give them the petition number they would like to. And they log in an hour earlier, you know, and they stay throughout the day. Some people stay for an hour. Some people stay for two hours. No um, rules and regulation. Wow. You know, if you're free the whole day, just I do it from 5 a.m. till it ends. Till it ends. And after... The devotion is finished. Oh, my goodness. Overwhelming joy in my heart. 
is it usually like on a Saturday or something? Saturday, or yes, Saturday? sir. It was so the day if, to dedicate it to our Blessed Mother, if Saturday. Any, if any of our listeners are, are interested in, in participating, oh, is that, yes. are they, are you, how would they go about getting involved? Um, if, you, if they're interested to join, all I need is their phone number. And I text the invitation, um, the meeting ID, and the passcode. Okay. And they can just join in any time. So I don't know whether you want to give your phone number out to everybody yes. that's listening to this podcast. I have no problem. I actually met two ladies from the 4 PMS uh-huh. uh, last Sunday, and they gave their phone numbers. They would like to be invited. Nice. So my, if you would like me to share you, my... Do you feel comfortable yes. doing oh, that? Oh, definitely. Okay. I believe that it's... Now, uh, just, just as our listeners... Just yes. Don't, just don't call her all the time. Just if yes. you're interested in being involved yes. in, the, in this rosary. You, you yes. want me? Yeah. If you're interested to join our devotion called 2000 Hail Mary, um, you can call me at 916-230-7756. And that's my cell phone. My name is Maria Rosario. You are invited and I'd like you to feel comfortable uh, to join any time you want, from 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. That's beautiful. Thank you for offering that. That's great. It is. That's it, great. And you know, and 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 maybe if the group gets really big, then you can create more groups. Yes, sir. Right. We actually started one in El Grove. Okay. Uh, but it's headed by somebody. Mm-hmm. One in Roseville, headed by another lady. Mm-hmm. We started one in Petaluma, Santa Rosa, uh, Ronard Park, headed by another lady. Wow. So it's kind of spread out throughout the Northern California area. So do you have any stories regarding maybe a, a, a petition that was offered during oh, yes. that where, where our, our lady... Um... Interceded? Yes. Yes. Um, to give you a, a brief a description of our 2000 Hail Mary, for every petition we offer to our Blessed Mother, we offer one white rose, all right? Okay. And we light a candle, mm-hmm. so that's 20 candles in front of her, and of course, 20 roses. And we also offer, this is the one that is very uh, meaningful to us, it's a holy mantle, so we buy this cloth, um, pieces of cloth at uh, Walmart, Okay. And it's uh, it's just like a sackcloth. Mm-hmm. It's, it comes now in by 10. So we buy two bundles of that. So that's 20. Mm-hmm. And we offer it to our Blessed Mother. And at the end of the devotion, people ask to get one. So they can take it home. To take it home. Sure. And because we don't meet each month now, I send them to people who you request mail it, by mail mailing. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I send them to my sister in Los Angeles. Because a lot of people were just, they, they, they believe that this holy mantle mm-hmm. can cure. I mean, I'm not saying that they have to believe that. But what I do personally, mm-hmm. my own experience, when I have sickness or anything and I feel that I need the comfort and protection, mm-hmm. I just put the mantle in closer to me, to my stomach, to my throat during covid the mantle really helped me a lot because I kind of lost my taste. It's like one of the okay. COVID, but it didn't. So you, you, you came down with COVID then? It- um, it, it wasn't confirmed, though, because 
I didn't go to the hospital. I see. Uh-huh. The, but you the, had some of the symptoms. Yes, the doctor said or the nurse said, "Don't come because you don't have running, you don't have fever, you don't have um, uh, what's it called? This you're not having problem in breathing. Breathing. So really, you just stay home. You just and lost your sense of taste. There you go. Yes, okay. and uh, right. it kind of gave me a little bit of you know uh, anxiety as well. Sure. But my bro- my son, who was diagnosed of ulcerative colitis. When okay. he was in high school, mm-hmm. um, he was operated twice. Hmm. And every now and then, he would have some flare-up. And just recently, he had operation or surgery at Kaiser and because of the blockage that mm-hmm. got into his system that kind of gave him a lot of pain. Hmm. So every time he goes for surgery, he has to have that Mantle, he has holy the mantle. mantle with him. He always say, "Mom, make give me my mantle. Bring it to the hospital." Oh my gosh. I and then after surgery, he'll put it on. He would put it on uh, his um, where the surgery was. Where, yeah. And just kind of, and then I say, just continue playing here, Mary. Pray here, Mary. Maybe ten, twenty times. And so far, no infection. It got healed, and just. I believe that that's the the holy mantle gives you the assurance that Mother Mary is with you. Sure. And because he's because her uh, she's so close to our to her son Jesus, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and whatever intention intentions that you ask for, she brings it straight to Jesus. Straight to Jesus. And I be, that's how important our mother, our blessed mother is mm-hmm. in intercession. In yes. Well, that's yes. a great story. It's very, it's very meaningful, Chris, and I'll tell you, it kind of um, open to a lot of families. When they come, they're open to share their petitions to each one of us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's related to mental issue, mm-hmm. any related to family issues, financial issues, anything. Anything. They just open their hearts and assure that if their prayers are being shared with each one of us, that it will be, um, how would I say that, that more prayers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. More people praying for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Makes and a difference. It makes a difference. Sure does. And I, that's, and, and I thank God for giving us an opportunity to be involved with this kind of ministry. Um, I, it's not really actually recognized. I don't know if it's been recognized in churches here, but... Um, it started actually in Spain. Oh, the so, 2000 yes. Mary started in Spain. Now, did yes. you learn about it when you were in Spain? No, sir. Uh, right here. You in, learned about it when you were in Sacramento. Wow. It just, yeah. Um, the reason we started, how it started actually was when my sister-in-law was diagnosed of cancer. Mm-hmm. She really wanted to get better because her two children were still young still okay sure so somebody invited her to go to los angeles because there's um you know like a healing mass there so she commuted almost every weekend oh my gosh just to be able to attend Mm -hmm. and that particular group had this 2000 hail mary started few years before she started going there okay so the plan was for her to bring it to northern california ah and our family was chosen to start it in Sacramento. Oh my gosh! I, I I don't know how did it happen, but because of that, after she died, thirteen years ago, our family became closer. Hmm. We became more dedicated, 
And it's just the praying that connects each one of us as a family. You know, sometimes people wonder, why does God allow cancer? Why does God allow someone to die young? And, and we don't always know, but God does. And we might think that it's not fair, but God, yes. like God says, God says, God sees things differently than we do. Yes. You know? And uh, uh, through the life of your sister and her passing. Yes. Bringing your family closer together. Oh, yes. Really making the devotion stronger. Um, there's, a, there's a plan. It is. That we don't always are aware of. And it's, and it's that acceptance of, yeah, I don't understand it, but I accept it. You know, God's providence. Yes. Right? That's What a beautiful story. And it, it helped me to learn how to surrender everything to God. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I was not good at all. The begin- before when I was um, younger, mm-hmm. but being a military wife and being a mother of three children, I learned how to surrender everything to God because I have no control. Yeah. When my husband was serving the military, he was gone for six months, not knowing where he was. Oh, you didn't know where he was? I mean, he would tell me where, but not particularly. You know, it's it's a secret, secret top yeah, secret. Right. And then I would just, you know, watching the news, somebody got killed and everything like that. And I always just said, God, you know, you have to, God, my husband is in your care and protection. Mm-hmm. So when he retired in one piece, I just, I was just so thankful. God, I know a lot of people died in the military, but thank for bringing my husband alive. Amen. And, yeah. and you, know, able- it's hard. It's a, you know, that's a really powerful lesson. Yes. If you haven't learned that lesson and you, and you try to control things, it can be, life can be really hard. It's very because hard. Because there's so much that's out of our control, you know? And, um, but being able to accept whatever the Lord yes. brings and you know, that goes, to me, that just takes me back to Our Lady of Perpetual Health. There you go. Where we started. <laughs> yes. You know, that, that Our Lady is there. Yes, sir. You know, to, to comfort us and to be with us and to, you know provide that yeah. level of of uh of trust and um and the connection to and, her son jesus it's know, always jesus you know well, but mother think, is always connected well yes and think about she you know she watched him you know his passion yes. and she was there at the foot of the cross yes and she was there for the resurrection and the ascension and pentecost so she knows that yeah this may look bad but there's more to the story. There's yeah. more to the story, and God, God is God's specialty yes. is is bringing good out of evil. That's you're making you're making me cry now. Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Well, yes. my eyes are watering up too. It, I mean, it's, it's very a, true, it's Chris. Very true. You it's know, very, I wish I had true. more time to share a lot of stories from my mother's experience, but just briefly. Yeah, sure. Give me one story. Oh, yeah, when we were when he when we were growing up or actually I wasn't even born at that time. She used to travel by ship uh, from Manila to the province where she was born. But because of my dad's um, plan to move to a bigger city to for more you know, jobs, she commuted. Uh, and one day, you know how storms in the Philippines, mm-hmm. crazy, right? It could be hard. It yeah. could be really Lots hard. Of rain and wind. And- she was um, riding the ship. It's a big ship coming from the province to Manila. And the storm 
was there uh, and you know what happened what had happened she was carrying the mother perpetual help with her she was she was there she was carrying it oh my with gosh. her okay and she knew that there was no chance for her to survive that storm because mm. it was very strong everybody was like all right so she just said to mother mary mother mary you're with me right now and i know i have small kids and i will trust for your intercession and just embraced that mother memory uh, it's uh, something that she asked me to inherit from her you have i that. have it you in have my that room yes no kidding and actually mother perpetua one of the letters was um, lost during the storm. Okay. But she carried it tightly, embraced it tightly, and kept on praying to Mother Mary, please talk to your son, Jesus. It uh, After, I think, an hour or two, it's like nothing happened. Oh, my gosh. It's like it's like the story when he calmed the waves, <laughs> right? And, and he was sleeping in the boat, remember? And, the, and the, his <laughs> disciples were freaking out. And they say, wake up, wake up. How can you sleep? He's like, what are you worried about? Where's your faith? Right? Yes. Wow, what an incredible story. Yeah, and, that's, and you still have that picture. Yes, I still do. Oh and she God. died how many years ago since my son was born? My youngest son was born 30, 29. So 28 years since she passed away. Oh, my gosh. I didn't care if I didn't get some money from my mom when she died. I didn't care if I didn't get jewelry from my mom. But that, that picture, is special it's to worth me. More it's than priceless. All. That's awesome. It is. It's priceless. And, and uh, Chris, we started a devotion uh -huh. to our Blessed Mother, Mother Perpetual, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. And we've been doing this now for, I would say, six to seven months now. And we have about 15 ladies oh, wow. to 20 ladies attending every Wednesday, again, via Zoom. <laughs> so, so now I'm so happy to tell my mother, I mean, my mother knows that, I'm also a devotee of our mother of perpetual help, but I'm very proud to show it to her that I continue her That's awesome. Oh, devotion. yeah, that's great. Yes. Oh, thank you. I'm, you know what? I'm glad you shared that story. Yeah, thank you, yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. That's really, really great. And and you're right. We are closing in on yeah. our hour. Thank you. Um, and yeah, this has, been, this has been a wonderful time. You know, I'll just share a little bit that I didn't share in my episode about our Blessed Mother. Um, at one point, well, right at the very beginning, my very first meeting with Sister Jenny, she gave me a biography <laughs> of St. John Paul II. Oh. Big one. I think George Weigel wrote it. It's a big, thick thing. Yes. And in there, I learned that when he was young, before he became a priest, he was working in a factory, and he came across a photocopy of True Devotion oh. to, our, to the Blessed Virgin Mary, Blessed Mary by... Um, uh, uh, St. Louis de Montfort. Oh, yes. Yeah. And and he and he developed a, a strong devotion to Our mm -hmm. Lady. And I read that, and I'm like, well, that's really interesting. And so I found, got a copy of the book, and I read the book. And um, I've read a bunch of St. Louis de Montfort's writings. And, um, <laughs> and that And that really got me going yes. on the Blessed Mother and how important she is to the faith, you know. Um it's something I don't hardly ever talk about. Yeah, this is um, how beautiful. But so it's nice to make this kind of a connection to sort of re-energize. Yes. Um, my own personal devotion to Our Lady. That's. I'm happy uh, to hear so that. So thank you for bringing that to this episode. Yeah. Yes, I know and, not a uh, lot of people are, um, you know, recognize her, especially other 
denominations. They do not. They, they always not. attack us yeah, by you know, using Mother Mary. Speaking of Baptists, I remember uh, when we first went to the Baptist church. I was in high school, I think. <laughs> and I went I went to the, to the pastor and I said, how come you don't have any pictures of the Virgin Mary on the wall? And he says, why should we? <laughs> they didn't, you know, it's like she's important at Christmas. And that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's quite interesting. Yeah, because they, they, I mean, yeah, and it's, and uh, and so coming to the Catholic Church, we being reintroduced yes. to the Blessed Mother was 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 really something. There you go. Um, so that, that takes that takes me back to some of the beginnings of even yes. my Catholic faith. Definitely. Catholic Christian, yeah. Oh, nice. Thank you for sharing that with me. I'm, well, thank yeah, you for being know. here and bringing this. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and, uh, you feel like uh, closing with uh, the Our Father? Yes. You ready for that? Would you like me to start it? All right. Yeah, I would, actually. I, you do? Yeah, go ahead. You start it. Oh, I started yeah. Okay. All right, let's go ahead and say Our Father, the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come. Thy, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Wow, thank you so much, Chris, for thank giving you, me this opportunity. Yeah. And I learned a lot from you. And I'm well, likewise you know, here. seeing you, you all the time. Are you, are you going to work now? Or? Yes, yes, Chris. I have. Um, uh, I started actually at nine, but it's okay if I'm a little bit late. But thank you so much. Uh, I, I really uh, enjoy listening to the podcast, and I'm excited to listen to your you know your story that My you're story. going to yeah, share with us. 25. This will be episode 26. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I well, you have a you have a blessed day, and I and yes. I know that I'll be bumping into you uh, at a mass in, in the future. Sure. I, you have a blessed day as well, and thank you for doing this for our church. Oh, you're a blessing. You're, oh, thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. Let's talk. Parish is co-produced by Rex Rolanka, Titi Kila and Chris Jensen. Our theme music is Live and Be Happy by Valentina Gribanova. You can listen to Let's Talk Parish by going to the Cathedral website at cathedralsacramento.org or by searching on your favorite podcast app. Wherever you find us, please subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. A special thanks goes to the Rector of the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament, Father Michael O'Reilly. If you wish to donate to the cathedral, please visit our website at cathedralsacramento.org. There you will find a button labeled Donate. I'm Chris Jensen, and I have had the pleasure of being your host for this episode. Thank you for listening, and until we meet again, may God be with us all. <laughs>